Everybody, it's your boy Earth Max, the Mad Scientist, and I hope you guys are doing awesome today on this Taco Tuesday. Man, it is Taco Tuesday. I got to go out there and get me some tacos. I got a hankering for some tacos. I'm gonna do that later on today. Do that later on today uh, around noon. And shout out to my boy Thanos Rick. Thanos Rick is actually on a plane so he's going to be out for the rest of the week here my esteemed co-host Thanos Rick is uh has left the building just for the week just for the week just for the week he's on vacation he's actually attending a wedding and he's actually the best man so he had you know he had to do what he had to do and uh I wish him well in his travels and of course, I'm pretty sure he's going to be listening in. I know he's unable to actually, uh, you know, chime in and, you know, do his regular co-hosting duties, you know, per user. Because I know if he ever comes in and calls in, he's stuck. You know, he's, he's going to talk. He has to get it out. But, but we are here. But we are here today. And uh, we're going to definitely get the ball rolling here when it comes down. To, uh, talking about all the Geekdom news that there is. Now, as soon as we was finished with this action-packed show from yesterday, because yesterday was really about CM Punk, uh, SummerSlam, NXT, TakeOver, as well as Captain America 4 news, and Spider-Man No Way Home trailer being leaked online and Sony had to scramble to take all of the trailers down only to you know resubmit it and put it out there 
for a second time to say, hey, we publicly did it. We did it. Which is asinine to me. It was already out. Now, whoever leaked it, of course, they fired. You know, of course, they fired. So, I mean, I don't know. Was it really worth it, man? So, think about it. You you leaked the trailer out. And (laughs) you get all your stuff taken down for only basically three days later for the trailer to get re-released and if they find out who it is you got fired you got fired for three days that's crazy like you you just couldn't be patient i mean i don't know who was the person that leaked that stuff out but you know i can understand that you know it's going to be some consequences and repercussions but since the trailer is already out let's talk about this trailer let's talk about it so no way home was released uh yesterday and i saw the full trailer and I'm going to tell you right now, as soon as I finished the trailer for Spider-Man, I was like, yep, I'm going to be in the movie theaters to go see that. You know, my girlfriend, Queen, she went to go see it, you know, uh, the trailer that is, and she was completely floored. Now, there was a lot of Easter eggs that were showing up. I mean, obviously, you have uh, Dr. Octopus, you have Green, uh, Green Goblin, but strangely enough, there was no... Toby Maguire and there was no Andrew Garfield. Where are they? I mean, this is a teaser trailer now. Usually with teaser trailers, it's pretty short. But to call this a teaser trailer, it, I mean, this basically was a trailer, honestly. So, I mean, looking at this, I, I'm all geared up. I'm all excited. I'm ready to watch this. I'm, I'm ready to see it. It comes out in December. I have no um no qualms about going to the movies to go see this. None at all. This might, if it on, if it is on Disney Plus, I may go see it myself. I may go see it on Disney Plus Premiere Access. I may pay thirty bucks just in case I don't go to the movie theaters. But you know what? You need the surround sound. You need that IMAX treatment. You need those leather seats. You need your beer to watch a movie like this. This classic movie. I mean, when you now analyzing the trailer, it seems as though Mysterio from the previous movie released information that Peter Parker is indeed Spider-Man. So now this completely debunks any thought process that we had on a scroll actually fixing the issue. I mean, Spider-Man didn't meet scrolls in the last movie. If I'm not, no, he, he didn't meet them officially. And I get that. He didn't meet them officially. But, you know, a scroll can actually fix this whole issue. And that was our whole theory, me and Thanos Rick, that a scroll can fix the situation. They can fly around a Spider-Man, boom, Peter Parker is right there. Peter Parker is right there. And it's like, okay, J. Jonah Jameson is throwing a hoax. Hoax. But it don't it don't go in that direction. The teaser actually shows uh Peter going to Dr. Strange meeting officially. You know, in an unofficial capacity, calling him Stephen, which was weird. <laughs> and to Dr. Strange, it was weird, too. And he wants a spell to erase people's memory of him actually being Spider-Man. But with Dr. Strange warning him that, listen, when I do this spell, nobody will know you Superman. I mean, not, nobody will know you're Spider-Man. Not, not even Aunt May, not your best friend, not Mary Jane. 
not happy. So now you're at a point of um, he got to do all this stuff all over again. And Peter kept interrupting Doctor Strange as he was, you know, doing the spell. He's like, man, quit talking, bro. Quit talking. Quit talking. And, of course, again, all Doctor Strange wanted to do was get his hands fixed. Now he got to fix this fuck up. He got to fix this. So now... Not only do you have a multiverse, now you got people like Dr. Octopus. Now, I did see an interesting image where Doc Ock and Spider-Man were side by side. I'm trying to figure out what does that mean? Is there a bigger enemy out there? Or is this just a precursor to the Sinister Six? Now, Queen did send me something like uh, earlier this morning, and it was something from WandaVision. And this was on maybe the seventh episode of WandaVision, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. But you guys remember the calendar that was on the wall and Wanda, you know, like, um, so WandaVision had a Spider-Man trailer date and it was on August 23rd this year. Well, August 23rd, like someone's drawn a little heart right above today's date. So uh, interesting, interesting. Maybe that was a little Easter egg for the potential, well, not potential, the trailer date for Spider-Man No Way Home since it deals with the multiverse and all that. That's crazy. So uh, Mia38 says, I'm wondering if all this happens at the same time as Loki and WandaVision going on. That is interesting theory. That is a very interesting theory. Now, that could very well be the case. And Doctor Strange is thinking it has something to do with Peter talking and not strange so ah that makes a lot of sense i just had a light bulb go off maybe he was preoccupied with peter at the same time wandavision was actually going on that makes total sense and maybe the timeline with loki since he's in the tva since they deal with time and stuff like that by the time they meet kang well the good kang uh the conqueror maybe that's the same time period where Wanda at the end of WandaVision and all of this stuff ties in together. That would make perfect sense. That's an interesting theory, Mios. That's an interesting theory. And I'm pretty sure and I'm more leaning towards to the fact that it may be just that. Fact. So I'll tell you what else is a uh, fact. Let you know that uh, if you don't go to Public, man, you're going to be missing out, man. You have to go to tpublic.com, go to the Orange Phoenix section and check out all of the stuff that we have. All right, we got a lot of designs. I added more designs today. Now, also, if you have an Instagram page as well called Orange Phoenix Tees, all you have to do is go to Orange Phoenix Tees, click on the link in the bio. It's going to take you straight to our website with the new designs, man. I cannot wait for this spectacular CM Punk shirt I got coming in. I added some more stuff. You guys got to check it out. If you follow Instagram, go to Orange Phoenix Tees. Orange Phoenix Tees, all one word. You got to check that stuff out, man. Sales are coming up very, very, very soon. And even without the sales, even without the 35% off, these designs on mugs, on notebooks, on T-shirts, on hoodies, on onesies, on I mean, the sky's the limit. On laptop cases, it's still cheap, even without the 35% off, man. Because you know nowadays to get a graphic tee, it's like 35 bucks or 40 bucks. But with... T public, 
It's only 20. You can't beat that. And then, you know, you add your shipping and handling. Of course, you know, you got your $6.99, but still, yeah, that's still dirt cheap compared to other graphic tee designs and other websites. So go to Orange Phoenix Tees. All right, follow, go to Instagram, follow Orange Phoenix Tees, and spread the word, if you will. And Mills38 says, I got my eye on some Trevor Belmont cipher matching shirt. Ah, okay, okay. All right, you got your eyes on Trevor Belmont. All right, I would definitely check out and add some Castlevania to the inventory. I'm pretty sure we got some Castlevania on our inventory already. But we're definitely going to uh, add it if it's not there. So anything in the inventory that you do not see, just go ahead and just send a private message to Orange Phoenix Tees on Instagram, and we will definitely respond in kind. Because a lot of people were looking for the CM Punk shirt, right? Like, I was there. You know, um, Coats of Personality, Best in the World. But there's some other shirts out there, too, that is just as cool, if not cooler. So go ahead and check it out. Go follow Orange Phoenix Tees on Instagram. Now, joining back on to uh, Spider-Man, I like the fact that Alfred Molina is back as Dr. Octopus. It didn't show Green Goblin, though. It just showed the pumpkin bomb, which is interesting to me. Like, is this the emergence of the Sinister Six? Like, is this what's it going to be? But I'm just taking, taking stabs in the dark. But uh, maybe half of the Sinister Six. Think about it. You got Dr. Octopus. You got Green Goblin. You have uh, Morbius. Nah, I can't really say Morbius. Vulture. And I mean, you got Rhino. Rhino was in the first movie, if I'm not mistaken, but he's very, very short. I was just thinking that could possibly be Hobgoblin. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm pro Hobgoblin. I love the Hobgoblin more than I do, like the uh, Green Goblin. Maybe, maybe it's the cape. Maybe it's the color orange because my favorite color is orange. Maybe that's what it is. But I prefer the Hobgoblin over the Green Goblin, even though the Green Goblin is, a, you know, an arch enemy, an arch nemesis. Like he's that guy to completely torture you. But still yet, though, man, I think I'm pro Hobgoblin there. What's up, Maxwell3278, Mad Max, B6, Mio38. Appreciate you guys for listening. Again, my boy Thanos Rick is out for the rest of the week. He is a best man at a wedding. At a wedding. So he got a lot of work cut out for him. So he's uh, hopping on the plane this morning. And he's going to be in uh, good old Georgia for the rest of the week. I know he popped the information to me uh, a couple days ago. But yeah, this Spider-Man trailer is something to see. And I cannot wait for this uh, whole full movie to come out. I mean, of course, it's a little early. I'm thinking the second trailer might come out in October-ish or maybe November. If I was Marvel and if I was Disney, I would wait till November to put out the second trailer. Just let people marinate, you know, salivate over this teaser trailer of Spider-Man. That's all I'm saying. Just just let them do that. Now, and also in other news here, we also got some images of Cowboy Bebop. Now, 
those of us that know Cowboy Bebop is one of the most classic anime you could ever come across. It is one of the goats. It is definitely one of the goats. Now, I'm, I'm here to tell you, though, um, I was not initially introduced to Cowboy Bebop. I watched Outlaw Star first, and I'm more partial to Outlaw Star, but at the same time, understanding the greatness that is Cowboy Bebop. It cannot be denied. It cannot be denied at all. Now, there, there was there were some rumors that there was going to be a live action series that's coming to Netflix of Cowboy Bebop. Now, <laughs> those of us in the anime world know that uh, live action anime is not uh, the best. Now, Rurouni Kenshin, however, live action, that is spectacular. That is very good. But you're talking stuff like uh, maybe JoJo's, there was a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure live action movie. There was a Attack on Titan, which was god-awful. There was a Bleach live action, which was eh. And you had a Full Metal Alchemist, which to some people's surprise, was surprisingly good. Was surprisingly good. I haven't seen it, but there is a stigma out there with anime fans and live action adaptations of their favorite series or movies because most times it's horrible budgeting and it's just, damn it, it's just bad. Now, with this Cowboy Bebop backed by Netflix, this may be a turning point. This may be a step in the right direction. But again, the veteran anime fans are not getting our hopes up too much. But think about this. This may potentially bring non-anime watchers into watching anime now. Think about it. They might like Cowboy Bebop. They might love this. Think about it. You know, because Queen's not much of an anime watcher. Like, she might say, oh, let's go watch Cowboy Bebop. I'm like, the anime? Oh, no, no, this is a live action series. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go ahead and watch it. Just, just enjoy yourself. But uh, now it says that with the release of the first look images for Netflix adaptation of Cowboy Bebop, it is clear the showrunners are staying close to the source material. Now, Cowboy Bebop's live action cast looks to be staying very faithful to the legendary anime as confirmed by the first unveiling of the Netflix series often accredited as the greatest influence in introducing anime to Western audiences, the sci-fi neo-noir series still holds immense sway in today's pop culture. Originally running for 26 episodes, Cowboy Bebop follows a group of mismatched bounty hunters who chase criminals across the galaxy some 50 years in the future. Now, the live-action adaptation has had no lack of anticipation building with the series in production since 2017. Unforeseeable delays halted the Netflix series advances uh, advances of several times in 2019 with COVID-19 shutdown, accompanied by a nasty injury to lead man John Cho, who ruled him out of filming for nine months. Despite this, Cowboy Bebop wrapped in March 2021 with the streaming release date finally confirmed for November 19th of the same year. So, uh, so looking at this, now Netflix has promised to stay true to the original iconic anime that allowed Western audiences a window in the genre. Original composer Yoko Kano will return 
while Sunrise Inc., the original producer of the anime, is also on board, ensuring character contingency, uh, Shinjiro Watanabe is attached as a creative consultant. Heightening expectations for fall 2020-2021 release, Cowboy Bebop can replicate the magic of the animated series. And uh, if you go to ScreenRed.com, you can actually see what is the difference in the live action and the anime. Let's, uh, let's start with Spike. Spike Spiegel, the main character. Now, the iconic body hunter Spike will be played by John Cho, whose transformation for the role is striking. One of the release images on Netflix shows Cho's new physique and what looks like training scene, while he has also grown out his hair to match the lethargic legendary cowboy. Full marks also go to wardrobe here with Cho's blue suit with the shovel tie shirt combination looking identical to Spike's outfit in the initial episode that introduced him in the first place. Now, however, one big change from the anime character is Cho's lack of green hair, part of Watanabe's core design concepts for Spike's character from Cowboy Bebop. Obviously, I get why, because, you know, in anime, you have different color hair sometimes. But this is a live-action adaptation. So, I mean, if you're being nitpicky here, I can understand why this may be a turnoff, but... I'm willing to let that go if you listeners are willing to let that go. The next one is Jet Black. Now, Jet Black is uh, has made one change to Jet Black, causing casting a black actor in the role. Mustafa Shakir, Shakir looked absolutely perfect, capturing the same design and spirit of the anime character. Makeup has done an excellent job of replicating Jet's vertical facial scar that runs down his right brow, Although protruding metal plate below, it seems to have been placed under the skin rather than sitting on his cheekbone as in the original series. Now, Jet's metal arm also appears true to the original anime with his chrome sheen contrasting the rest of his clothing. Physically, Shakir looks perfect casting here with his bulky frame mirroring Black's own intimidating physique. Once again, Wardrobe also looks to have done their cowboy bebop research with Black's tonally muted functional outfits foiling spikes sharper outfit looks in released images now now there's a striking resemblance to the live action and anime adaptation of jet black now i mean there was some minor differences again this one of them situations where if you're willing to let it go i'm willing to let it go it's one of those small changes i mean let's be clear here when the mcu came out it is not comic book accurate at all Civil War, definitely not comic book accurate because Civil War was between mutants, the Avengers, and everybody else, and they didn't have mutants, so they had to make do what it do. Now, the one thing, though, is for certain is that Iron Man was on one side and Captain America was on the other, but the rest of it, not exactly comic book accurate. So, uh, Faye Valentine. Now, uh, amnesiac con artist Faye Valentine captivated audiences upon Cowboy Bebop's release. And her live action counterpart looks to be no different. Played in Netflix adaptation of Daniela Pinetta, it looks like the production team has again gone to great pains to ensure continuity between the original and the remake. Faye's most iconic outfit is on display in the Netflix previews, most importantly, featuring yellow shirt that she wears across the entirety of 2071, which where Cowboy Bebop takes place. Uh, Pineda's hair is also streaked with purple, getting the shade of Faye Valentine's hair correct. However, her red shawl that was so prominent in the anime has been replaced by a burgundy leather jacket 
which some may regard a strange choice considering the attention to detail on Spike's outfitting. So, okay, I can get a little bit of the complaint with a Faye Valentine. I, I kind of can get that. You could easily change that color. But again, these are just images. There's no trailer yet. So maybe they're just messing with you. Maybe. We'll see. Only time will tell. But um, I will say uh, with animated, I'm a true believer that there's anime for everybody. And a lot of people's gateway anime is Dragon Ball Z. Rightfully so. Because it captivated the male audience, the demographic of teenagers and everything else because it was action-packed. It wasn't cookie-cutter or anything of that nature. It was martial arts fighting, and it taught you lessons at the end of the day. But the other gateway anime was Cowboy Bebop, and it did appeal to Western audiences because it had a hip-hop feel to it with and jazz. And honestly, when you really look at Cowboy Bebop, it gives off black vibes but just in the future like anybody that have not seen cowboy bebop i'm telling you you have to see cowboy bebop at least one time at least one time you would not be disappointed in this like at all but uh going moving on to the next <clears throat> next bit of news here and this involves Titans season three. So uh, hit HBO Max show Titan has previously been played with issues that negatively affected the story and the characters. However, season three has worked to fix those problems. The first two seasons of Titans often struggled to feel cohesive and compelling. Now the major changes in a new season of DC adaptation has already made it a more effective storytelling vehicle. Now, Titan Season 1 focused on character Rachel Raven as she dealt with the emergence of her own powers with the help of Dick Grayson. Season 2 concluded this storyline with Rachel's defeat of her father Trigon and introduced Slade Wilson as a new antagonist for the new season. While technically an ensemble show, Dick Grayson, played by Brenton uh, Thwaites, serves as our main protagonist. And the first two seasons dealt with his departure from Batman and his transformation into Nightwing. Now, with the success of Titans in San Francisco, Titans Season 3 sees Grayson and his team return to Gotham to deal with the fallout of Bruce Wayne's departure. Uh, now, while the show has consistently been enjoyable, it's sometimes silly. Several factors have worked to its deterrent. I mean, to its detriment, excuse me. Plots have regularly been hard to follow or seem to get forgotten. One of them is the smaller cast of Titans, if you notice that difference. Now, Season 1 may have focused on Rachel and Dick. It also introduced a lot of other characters, with many becoming main characters in the second season. The first alone with Corey, Hank, Don, Jason, Donna Troy, and the second season, Connor Kent as a Superboy, and Rose Wilson, Ravager, to the team. Now, as the show attempts to give most characters a full origin story and their own narratives, the seasons quickly feel overly full, and characters seem to be forgotten. So they kind of fixed that situation where making the team a little smaller because I always was wondering, hey man, I need Raven. Where is Raven? But uh, season three starts off with a significantly reduced cast of heroes and this immediately allows the show to focus on more in-depth character-driven narratives, i.e. the Red Hood. Now after Donna's death and Rachel's travel with the body to uh, Themyscira, the two characters are absent from the start of the season. 
while the reason has yet to be explained rose has also been absent so far in season three potentially because of her ties to jason would be difficult to handle or because she is handling the sharing of body with jericho either way the show's promotional material suggests that her actress chelsea zang will not be making an appearance in titan season three uh now of course now those of us spoiler alert if you haven't seen episode three of titans i'm sorry but one of the titans actually did die and that pissed <laughs> that <laughs> that pissed thanos rig off to the highest level because you're like why would hank stupidly do it jason is a titan i mean he knows how to push your butts he knows your weak points and of course rightfully so i mean you know hank took an l a major l but it wasn't at the hands of red hood it was at the hands of don so i'm i'm anxious to see episode four of titan to see where this goes because honestly what red hood pulled was a la riddler or joker-esque that was very smart and like oh man you know if you pull the trigger he dies he she wasn't even paying attention to what he was saying like she was so hell-bent on taking him out that she killed hank and i'm like man come on dog come on man so red hood didn't do it it was dove it was Don. now also it says additionally the show is allowing characters to appear in purely supporting or antagonist roles without needing to be given as much screen time as necessary for a full narrative backstory now barbara gordon is introduced as supporting character who is not part of the main team while Scarecrow appears in relatively few scenes, transitioning Jason Todd to be the villain, Red Hood, removes him from the team and provides an antagonist who needs less backstory explained than an unknown villain would. Now, as his is already present in the first two seasons, all of, his, uh, all of this allows for more compelling storytelling around the remaining central characters that are the focus of the show. Now, of course, you got established plots and villains because, of course, Joker beat Jason Todd to death. Jason Todd somehow survives and becomes the Red Hood. But here's a little plot twist in this. Bruce Wayne dealing with the loss of Jason, not really dealing with it, and he's being called out by Dick and Barbara. He goes off, kills the Joker, drops the crowbar, and like, man, be a better Batman than me. That was the turning point that is very significant to me because batman has a strict no kill policy he violated that policy and left he left things with dick grayson so that is very significant the thing that would piss me off is if bruce wayne would show back up as batman because that totally defeats the purpose on and the significance on what he did in you know episode two he killed the joker man i mean he did what he and he beat him to death with the crowbar so with batman or bruce wayne retiring and giving gotham to dick grayson he should ne bruce wayne should never return at all he should not return as batman he can return as bruce i was i was supposed to help to some capacity but again that that i think that takes the luster off of you know dick grayson's persona maybe dick grayson will become the new batman maybe that that's the case here what if and then the only way i can say you can bring this bruce wayne back is if 
Joker somehow survives this beatdown that Batman administered. So there's many routes you can go, but the focal point is, honestly, is the Titans. You know, uh, of course, I completely forgot that Raven's in Demascara, you know, training and doing her thing. So it really focuses on this small cast. And, you know, Superboy learns a hard lesson. Can't save everybody. He was close. He was milliseconds, literally milliseconds from handling, saving Hank's life. But Don was impatient. So I'm very excited to see episode four and what it has to bring. Um, so, like I said, Titans has fixed this issue by using some very well-known Batman stories and setting up season three as a form of shorthand to help with establishing more of the basis of DC world. Most notable is the use of uh, beats from Death in the Family to quickly give reasons for Joker and Batman to not be in the picture and to begin Jason Todd's transformation into the Red Hood. Now, I mean, there were some scenes from the first three episodes of Titans that mimic the scenes of Under the Red Hood, the animated movie, like the heads in the duffel bag. That was, you know, right off the page, right off the animated pages of Under the Red Hood. The only difference is, is that he actually shot other people in the anime or the animated movie. He actually shot the heads in the duffel bag while it was sitting on the table. So there's a little difference there. And I was trying to explain to Thanos Rick that um, this may be a different universe. Because remember, there was the whole multiverse angle with uh, CW Network or the Crisis of Infinite Earths. And it did showcase the Titans. It did tease the Titans and showcase them. And it also showed uh, Tim Burton's Batman. Where you have Knox reading the newspaper and you see the back signal out there in the background. So you got all that. So this is honestly, in my my honest opinion, this is a different version of Titans. It's already has been proven that. So only time will tell if this gets better because season three is a smaller cast, like I said, and it seems like the story is more tight-knit. It's not all over the place, and you have something central there. And we'll see how this progress. But, yeah, man, this is our show for today. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We will be back tomorrow night. We'll not be streaming tonight at 7 p.m., but there is movie night tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and we will be watching Demon Slayer Mugen Train. That is a movie you do not want to miss. And I'm thoroughly excited because I got some stuff coming in the mail from Amazon. It is the first five movies of Dragon Ball Z. Now, you might say, hey, Dragon Ball Z movies is on Funimation streaming service. Why are you not doing that? That's free 99. I'll tell you why. Because it has only the Japanese audio. The music and all that, that's the only thing they have. They don't have the U.S. audio. They don't have the metal, the rock music, Disturbed, Pantera. They don't have none of that. I need that because that's what I grew up on with those movies. So, yes, I have the first five movies. Coming to me from Amazon, I just couldn't help myself. And I did it off of passivity. <laughs> I did it off of passivity because I was pissed. They didn't have every single movie on Funimation streaming service. They have uh, Dead Zone. They have World Strongest. They have Tree of Might. Uh, I think they have Laurel's, Lord Slug. I think they have it. They skipped Cooler's Revenge. They put the return of Cooler on there. They skipped Broly. 
They skipped the return of Broly. They skipped Bio Broly. Um, they have Raptor the Dragon, if I'm not mistaken. They have uh, Super Android uh, 13. They have that. So they don't even have all the movies there on Funimation streaming service. So me being aggravated and pissed as I was, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go buy the movies on Amazon, and I'm going to get the U.S. audio version with the metal rock music because I need it. And the Bruce Falconer, I need that stuff. Mio38 says, I have the collection. Laura Slug and Cooler Revenge are my favorites in that pack. See? Boom. I'm telling you. So my personal favorites, Dragon Ball Z movies, you know what? I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to hold on to that. Because tomorrow, I'm going to give you guys a list. I'm going to give you guys a list of Dragon Ball Z movies ranked from worst to best. Now, let's see if you agree with this list. But we're definitely going to talk about it tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time as far as Dragon Ball Z movies. And i give you my personal favorites tomorrow morning. Now, again, follow Orange Phoenix Tees on Instagram. That will send you straight to the website with a link in the bio. I will be posting up some other designs as well on the Instagram page. Um, and also, go to our Facebook group page, Orange Phoenix Geek Corner. Type that in. Very, very, very positive energy out there, all right? Very positive energy for the uh, memes and discussion posts. We talk about anime, manga, comics, sci-fi, anything, nerd, dungeons, even Dungeons and Dragons sometimes. So, yes, go ahead and check out Orange Phoenix Geek Corner on Facebook. And also, subscribe to our magazine, man. We got a lot of stuff coming, y'all. A lot of stuff coming, all right? So, if you go to www.patreon.com forward slash Orange Phoenix, it will take you to that page. And only for $5 a month, you will guaranteed to get the magazine every single month. If you haven't read the August edition of Orange Phoenix Magazine, you definitely got to read it because it's chock full of information, super, super, super packed. And we got a very special issue, September edition coming out, all right, in September. So I hope you guys have an awesome Taco Tuesday. Go get your tacos. You hear me? Go get your tacos. Enjoy yourself. Until next time, peace.